Welcome. Did I say that before? Have I said that before? Let me try this again. Welcome to the damn it. We've had two weeks off. I have no idea what episode it is of Born in Trouble. Bro, today is the namesake day. Today's the namesake show. Yes, sir. Because you know what today is, B. Happy Born on Day. That's right. It's my birthday. Pet, pet. 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 Go, 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 go. It's my birthday, B. Birthday, Earth Day. Birthday, Earth Day. What day was I, Bruno? Mm -hmm. What day was I born in? I was born in trouble. That's correct. Clearly, it's 9 11. Mm -hmm. And of course, with me this week, my illustrious guest, Mr. City Wing Kang. The City Wing Kang. Mr. Grant Lancaster. Yeah, bro. So how was your 9-11 today? (laughs) Man, 9-11 was interesting. You know, it's it's, uh, a big deal. You know, uh, the fire department did their thing. Um, They had a a real good, uh, I saw a real good story yesterday on 60 Minutes. The whole show was uh, about uh, 9-11, New York, uh, FDNY. Yeah. It's a real good episode, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real good episode. Big up to them Thanks, dudes. Man. You know. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you know, it's you know, you don't you don't really think about it, man. And as they were as the guys were telling these stories, you know, I've been in been in situations where it was like, you know, you just go. You know what I mean? Like it's not even it's not even a thought. You just cause that's what you dare to do. You know what I'm saying? And that whole, I mean, seven, you're talking 70 stories up. You you kind of got to know once you go up there, the likelihood. But you know what? Them cats didn't expect the, they didn't expect the buildings to fall. Right. And that's what they were saying. That's what they were saying yesterday. They didn't expect those buildings to fall. But, I mean, you didn't expect the plane to run into them either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, not nine eleven, man. It's always a, a big day for the fire department, you know, uh, ceremonies and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's a good day. Good day today. Representing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I was I was actually on the wisdom map before I came on here. I wanted to shake the cobwebs off because it's been a couple of weeks since we did any show, and probably about a week and a half since I did any broadcasting. And um, I was mentioning, mm-hmm. I was talking about nine eleven. And you know, I, you know the story. I'm not going to tell it every year in, in like detail and everything, but we'll just go, go a quick synopsis of what my nine eleven was like. Nine one, Miss Mary passed away. Uh, God bless the soul. Mm-hmm. My son's birthday, at which time when we were all in the church and a lot of my family from North Carolina and Maryland was up there, we found out that. His mother also died. My father's mother, my grandmother died. So man lost his um, Mm -hmm. wife and his mother within a matter of days. And then we went down and we went to bury her. And we happened to be burying her on 9-11. And it was in the hotel with all of my family, all my family there. And um, we watched the towers go down over breakfast, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was quite surreal and everything. But... It's like you said, your firefighters in Detroit, they're actually celebrating the day. And that's really what it is. It's really a memorial slash celebration for y'all for, you know, the bravest Mm -hmm. who went in there and they risked their lives for other people. And at that point, a lot of these conversations that we're having now about different cultures and different races, that stuff wasn't a thought back then after 9-11. Everybody was just American. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know... It's that, it's that, uh, what's funny is the brotherhood, you know, the brotherhood of, of fire department is, is a real thing. 
but a lot of times that brotherhood doesn't extend much, much further than a fire scene. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's even, even us, man, you know, like nobody's immune, man. I guess we, we just the microcosm of society. So, you know, what happens in the world happens to us. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, this is what, go ahead. Finish your thought, please. No, I was just going to say, but, but what, what you said was real though, for those, for that probably year, year and a half, maybe quite possibly two years. Everybody was just everybody was just an American. Yeah, it's like you said you were just a you're just a microcosm of everything else in America. The same way the World War One vets went to war and came back and were denied GI bills and um, VA loans, uh, something that has mm-hmm. affected gen- the generational wealth of many Black Americans. Um, FBAs, as they call them now, or as some people call them now, mm-hmm. foundational Black Americans. Foundational. And um, this is just what it is. If you don't, if you don't know it, if you haven't experienced it, you wouldn't know it. And 9-11 was a new experience for everyone. Like I said, when that happened, we drove up, we ended up um, parking at the Tappan Zee bridge and going online. There was a whole bunch of cars because they had shut down the bridges going to Long Island. Anything or any bridge was shut down. I guess they were checking it for bombs, making sure that there wasn't going to be a secondary attack. And they didn't let let us all go home until the next day. And um, there was a lot of camaraderie out there in those parking lots. I think it was uh, Popeye's that was right by that or some type of fast food restaurant. And there were a lot of cars from New York and that were parked there and everybody was like peaceful and like, you know, how you doing? So and so forth. We don't get that now. This is not, that's not the country. And as I was saying a little while ago, it was just like, that was 20 years ago. It was over 20 years. 20 years is a whole generation of people. Oh, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. That is, that's 20 years, yo. Yeah. It's a whole generation of people. We were still young, mm-hmm. you know, you were you were probably cashing some of your checks from the fire department and going and buying Tim's, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. That was that yeah. Was, I, I was three years, two, 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 three years on the job, something like that. I had just got off work that morning. Yeah, and it was, it's like a surreal experience. And now you kind of wish that you could take it. You kind of wish that we could go back to that somewhat, but you know, can't put Pandora back in the box. So. This conversation about the mm-hmm. FBAs and these people, like, we've had a lot of, there's been a lot of black-on-black violence recently with, and I say, when I say violence, I don't mean guns, I mean words, because that's what they say violence is now. And really, it is it is words now. It really is the violence now. Because you can't punch anybody. If you punch someone, right. you're going to jail. I had an issue. Yeah. I had an issue in the store. I, did I, I don't know if this happened before we did our last show, but had an issue in the store. We had a price check and this dude, like an incel basically told my woman about the price check. He was like, you know, I don't even have to help you right now. You can basically, I can tell you to go fuck off if you want. Normal pasty guy who's doing nothing but playing video games all day long and comes in contact Mm -hmm. with the woman and doesn't know how to talk to him. And I literally almost ended up in jail at that point in time. Cause I was like, B, you don't talk to no woman like that. Yeah. At all. At all. At ever. all. Ever. At every point, at any point in time. They get reckless with it though. They do get reckless with it. Tell me something, Grant. <laughs> yeah. Nah, the fact is, man, people audacity is at such a, such an all time high, you know, and everybody thinks that everything is just okay now, you know, because we, 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 we put up with so much, People just get to say, at least online, you know, people get to post every thought and everything is just kind of okay. But fuck that, man. You got to, sometimes you need that check. And and that check sometimes has to be a hard check. But people don't, in these days and times, man, that hard check is something that people don't, they don't, they don't want it Mm -hmm. as much as they need it. Yeah, You know what I mean? I I just... You know, well, that's one of the reasons why we're the generation where the they people say they don't want to mess with that generation. We're the scariest people because we we took care of ourselves. We stayed out at night and 
hung out in the street all the time. And really what you're essentially saying is that we went through hardship and we recovered. Right. We stood up on the fences. We fell down and, and we fell down. But the most important thing is that we got up afterwards. And that's something that this society isn't valuing. They're trying to protect everyone from even falling. And that's never going to work. It's not going to work for society and for people. You're just generally making yourself softer. What I see it as is I really like see it as a softening up for AI. You're not going to be able to fight. You're not going to even know what to fight about. They're making these kids and these people like weaker all the way around. And the conversation I had about these FBAs and these, te- I actually ended up getting caught into it yesterday on Twitter, briefly, briefly, because I don't get into it with people online anymore. It's just like there's no value to it for me. There's no, mm-hmm. I don't see what the, I don't see what the end game is. And this female that I had followed on Twitter, she had followed me. I followed back, you know, and you know we had a couple of nice interactions. But I started noticing. I guess she's a Caribbean in nature. And um, Caribbean of Caribbean descent. And she had posted something up about the FBAs and how X, Y, and Z. And I, I was like, if you don't want these people talking about you, why are you even going at this person you don't know? What What's the mm-hmm. purpose? And my whole thing is that we're not all, listen, we're not all brothers. We're not all brothers. People from America and people from Africa, we're not the same. We don't have the same origins, but we all cousins. And, you know, with your mm-hmm. cousins, you fight with your cousins. You may punch your cousins sometimes. Sometimes you give work to your cousins. You got your cousins working for you at your restaurant, right? Helping you at Absolutely. your restaurant. Absolutely. You know, that's family and everything. May not be underneath your roof, but that's still family and that's blood. That's the way I look at it. So I see no value whatsoever in making an argument with an African person about them coming over to this country but at the same time, I have I have a problem with them judging the black experience because they didn't live the black experience here. So, right. Well, I think it's is the hardest thing in any relationship, man, is to understand someone else and then to be understood by the other by someone else. You know what I mean? Or to understand someone else and to be understood by someone else. So, in any relationship we take we kind of take those things for granted that we just kind of can relate to what the other person has been through we always think that people will respond the way that we are but our response is based on our personal experience you know what i mean and the things that we've learned the the consequences that we faced and what so it's hard to, it's hard to say it's hard to make those kind of those kind of judgments you statements. know, or, or yeah, as or a statement, statement of fact, yeah, it's hard. To, yeah. As a statement of fact, it's, it's, it's hard not to make fact. Mm-hmm. It's not, those things yeah, aren't facts. Fact. I can't. And this right. is what I said to her. I'm like, listen, I was like, she was like, well, these people don't consider themselves to be a part of the diaspora and so on. So I'm like, are you speaking to me or are you speaking for me? Which one is it? Cause I'm sitting here. I am a, what you would call a foundational black American. And I can consider, of course, I'm a part of the diaspora. It's like stupid to think of anything else. We're all a part of the diaspora. We're not family, we're cousins. Right. And the way I ended it to where I was like, very simply, I was like, look, I said, in my, in my house, we're all invited to the cookout. Whether or not you stay, mm-hmm. whether or not you stay there yeah. is another problem. I'll put your ass out in my it's yard. Yeah, I will put your <laughs> ass out in my yard. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no right. problem with that. Never had no problem with it. You know me. You know, time to go. Mm-hmm. I was a bouncer too. I bounced at all types of club, Hispanic clubs, Caribbean clubs. They used to call me the big crazy Yankee boy. That was my name. So I, I think what I think what people don't understand, man, is that even if you were Caribbean, if you if you have Caribbean descent, mm-hmm. you were part of it too. You just got dropped off early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, the situation is diff- was different in America. You know what I mean? America, America, is, chattel slavery is the worst, the worst single incident in in the history of the world that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it was different. If if you didn't come here, it was different. If you if you got dropped off in Puerto Rico or 
the Caribbean or, you know what I mean? Like wherever else, Brazil, you know, South America, wherever else you might, you may have gotten dropped off because mm-hmm. not everybody made it here, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that, so your experience was totally different, but you are still, you are still, a, we are all still of African descent, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just being honest, not just us, even the people who had us in chattel slavery are, are of African descent. Mm. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody's of African descent because the first people on the planet were from Africa. So we're all of the same descent. They're cousins. They are cousins. Yeah. Yes. You know, listen, mm-hmm. the first, you know, you want to talk about the baby daddy jokes. The first deadbeat daddies are the slave owners. You know, <laughs> right. not only did they not right. want to feed them or take care of them, they actually traded them off for money. You know, nothing more despicable than that. So when we talk about Mm -hmm. these things, I always wonder, my whole thing is that one of of my biggest misunderstandings, first of all, like you and I, we went to the same school. We went to Howard. We met everybody there. You know, there was nobody, there was no, there was no like, you know, you're, you know, I guess some of them, maybe some, but for the most part, I got, my boy is from Guyana. You know what I'm saying? My boy was, Mm -hmm. was from Trinidad. You know what I'm saying? And my boys yeah. were from Queens. And my boys from Detroit, mm-hmm. Michigan. Home of City Wings. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. That's Come right. Come down and get you some. Come down and get you some. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My brothers, yeah, look, my brothers is, is from all over. So now you're trying to tell me. See, my problem is that these people, they're having these arguments. They have these arguments and they're so caught up into having the argument they don't even think about the deeper reasoning behind the argument which is essentially you're basically doing these people's work for themselves for them they want all people divided and they definitely want black people divided so if you divide yourself based upon where this one comes from or that one comes from you got a problem how about you try to understand what that experience was like you know my experience my colonialism was hell on these people to me. And a lot of the people that we meet in the United States are the ones that escaped from the colonial African system. But in their system, they have been taught and indoctrinated. They may have been educated in different ways, but many of them were indoctrinated into thinking that white is better automatically, you know? Right. And that to me is like, we know that we know the pitfalls that come with that. It's not something that we're that we're trying to get into it. Oh snap! Guess who's coming into the call? Rob Brooks. I didn't think he was going to be here. Rookie. Rob Brooks, employee of the Philadelphia. I didn't even get a chance to tell my jokes about Rob. That's messed up, bro. I didn't even get my chance to tell my jokes about you, bro. Because I know you had you was working at the stadium. You had your double header today. I was gonna like I was getting ready to throw it. Talk about how you were slaving for the man, and here you come. You know what? You know what the problem is. You getting old and slow, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Old and slow. You and that fucking big toe. That big toe got in your way. Mm-hmm. From New jokes. Jersey, Pennsylvania, he you- comes in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot. Yeah. He he had a double header at the stadium too, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's not every, it's not every day your boy turns sixty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Ron quite. Had a double header at the crib. Not quite though. Bro. Had, a, had, a, had a had a had a double header last night at the crib, and then <laughs> one at the ballpark today. Uh, yes, indeed. That's how you yes, do it. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> the man comes in hot. He comes in hot. Mr. Robert What's Brooks. Put on John X. Hey, man. What's hey, cracking? You know, hey, man. man. It's all good. I know that's so, right. Yeah, we were just we were just having a conversation about um about the fights that people are having, about the fights that the um that the Africans and the foundational black Americans are having and how I got caught up in it yesterday with this young lady who be who essentially told me that um Foundational black Americans don't consider themselves to be a part of the diaspora. And I was like, well, I didn't realize you were speaking for me. Are you speaking for others? And I don't speak for, you know, 
Caribbean people or I don't speak about things. And that's where I, that's where I think I pissed her off because I was like, you know, she was like, who are you talking? I said, my experience is that I've been around other people and they don't talk about each other, no matter how terrible they are in front of others. And she's like, what do you mean by others? And I just smiled because if you can't figure that shit out, then you shouldn't be talking about the combat. You shouldn't be talking about the topic. That's the first thing I thought. And I was like, hey, basically, I was like, look, you can feel any way you want to feel about this, about this whole conversation, but I can't speak for you. You can't speak for me. And she took offense to the fact that I was like, you may not get, and you may not get to stay at my cookout. You're invited, but you may not get to stay. But I have to tell you now, if you're Jamaican and you bring curry chicken, you could probably act up a little bit more than most people before you get the book. <laughs> but it better be good, curry though. chicken. Better be good, though. It better be good. That's right, because not everybody can make curry chicken. So it's like, what do you Actually, think? Actually, my curry game's getting pretty good right now. Has it really? Yeah, my curry game is really improving. You're actually dating. Yeah. As a matter of fact, no, I won't say dating, but you actually. You can say that, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can say that. You're, yeah. actually, you're actually dating a woman of Caribbean descent. Do you have a do you from have the problems? island of Jamaica? From the island of Jamaica. Man, you lucky. Ninety six percent of the time, yes. Ninety six percent. But it's like it's viva la difference. But is there a difference? You know, I mean we have we have I mean there's a difference. Their their foundational teachings are different. What they're taught in school is different than what we're taught in school. The history that they're taught is way different than the history that they're taught. I mean, they're taught about Haile Selassie in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. You know, over there. Because Rastafarians go back to Selassie. Mm-hmm. You know, they believe that Selassie is a pro- is a prophet. So that's you know, we're not getting any of that. Right. You know, we're get, we're not getting anything like that. Um just the way that they the way that they have to live for the most part over there brings them a lot closer to neck makes them a lot more connected to nature um, than we are. I mean, we're extraordinarily disconnected from nature. I mean, we have no idea. We actually sort of scoff at the natural cycle of things. We may, we've turned a lot of that into annoyances, like oh, the leaves are falling. Well, the leaves are supposed to fall, right? Like because the trees go dormant, they get rest, they get re- they restore themselves, and they come back in the spring. Like there, there's a natural cycle of things, and we've made all those things annoyances now. Yeah. Well, yeah. would you consider us to be foundationally different? I mean, my my whole point was this, like we have differences, right? But one thing that like carries throughout all of our all of the cultures and I've seen this from Africans to black people in America and everything is that basically we all play the dozens. We just play it differently. And we got some mouth. We got mouth and we can basically go at it. My problem is that, and that's basically how we deal with things. We snap on each other. But I don't like the seriousness of a lot of these tones. It's like there's no understanding. It's like it's not as if we're we're snapping on each other and we're in the same family. Like I was saying earlier in the show, I feel like we're all cousins. You know, we may not be brothers and sisters, but we're cousins. We come from the same place. We come from the same tree and everything. I don't understand all the Yeah, violence. but while you... Well, while you see it that way and you've come to that understanding, there's a lot of people who are never coming to that understanding. And so they're like, they want to be better. Cousins. Yeah, cousins. We ain't cousins. They need to be better than somebody. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's just, you know, there's got to be good apples and there's got to be bad apples. The only way you'll know that there are good apples is because you taste the bad one. It's a zero sum game to me. It's just like, it's very, it's just very stupid. Because we've had these conversations on the show before, and we all can agree that there are bad apples in every race, color, creed. So how yeah, you gonna, how you're gonna prove that you're actually better than anyone else is like that's something I can't abide with. I can't see how that actually works out. What you got to say, Rob? I I, I see that's no, 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 no. I gotta. Okay, you got it. Your birthday. It'd be nice. It's my birthday. Oh, thank <laughs> you, bro. He came in hot. Now he wants to be nice. Coming super hot. Now you want to be nice. I see. I feel you, bro. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It is my birthday. Didn't feel that way most of the day, but it is my birthday. So. 
I was thinking I was gonna put up a I was gonna put up a shirtless picture on Facebook to, to prove that fifty four doesn't mean you have to look bad and everything. But then I looked this morning, I saw someone made a comment about Ben Simmons working out, and I was like, yeah, that is a lot of sexy. And I thought about it. I was like, nobody needs to see all that. We don't need to advertise that one. <laughs> so, so you decided against the thirst trap? I decided against the thirst trap. I did. So I I get some credit for that. Do I get some credit for that? Sure, sure. Absolutely. 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 Grant, no credit for that? Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, use your social media for uh, positive things. That's right. Use your powers for good, not evil. Not sexual things, not for dating hookups and things like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, right. I, was, I, I just lost it. So, brothers, man. So, Rob, you threw me for a loop. You're actually here, man. They let you free. They let you out. This is a foundational yeah, black. That's, that's the, uh, the, 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 uh, the commissioner's, the, uh, the, clock, the pitch clock, man. Makes the world a difference. Makes a lot. Yeah, makes a world. That's yeah. Facts. So facts, baseball is way different now. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you guys thinking about these days, man? What's on your minds? Anything that's been the, any types of things that have been going through? We've had, um, <laughs> you know, prime prime is the talk of the town. Prime is the talk Coach of the town. He's getting it done. Coach, Coach prime, prime is getting it done. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. He is. Yo, my, my man listen, came to town to kick ass. The two bubble come and kick ass. <laughs> and then one bubble come left. God damn it. Listen, every, and this is exactly what I was waiting for, every myth that they put out there about these, about the Urban Myers, about the Nick Sabans, he about to shatter all that shit. From from Colorado, not from not from University of Michigan, you know what I mean. Not from Notre Dame, or you know, not from a school with a, with a, with a hell of not names. one of the blue bloods, not one of the blue yeah. blood programs. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna take it to Colorado, and I'm a, I'm a whoop ass mm. from here on. Well, Colorado was and, once a proud program. I, so true, he, he's true. reinvigorating the hit them boys. Then. Dion hit them boys with the death row speech. Mm. And y- yeah. And y'all want to, wh- who, who going to let y'all play on both sides of the ball? Mm. Come to Colorado. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Death row, baby. Get it. Mm. So this Yo, next year, seriously, right, right now, he's sitting there just waiting. He can have anybody he wants in the country yeah. right now. After yeah. two games, he can have anybody he wants. Mm-hmm. Well, Except the quarterback. Yeah. Well, if I'm a coach, I'm saying right. they're like they're looking at like, yo, Shador gonna be there for two, for another two. <laughs> yeah. He don't. He doesn't need the money. He got daddy's gold card. He got daddy's black card actually. So but he get he get money too. Yeah. yeah he, he's getting shit. nil money. Yeah. He getting nil they, they money. Get, they give. They give him. They thinking he's they, gonna get close to a million dollars in nil money this year. Mm. Shador. Listen. Mm. You better. Get that boy in the pros ASAP. Let him get some of this Daniel Jones uh, oh. forty million a year. Oh, <laughs> just punch me. That was just the worst. I watched yeah. that game last night, man. It was like, mm. well, that was like oh, watching yeah. Escape yeah. from Alcatraz all day on defense. Jailbreak, <laughs> <laughs> jailbreak, height, jailbreak. Yeah, it's like damn. Yeah, but let like like I say, let let Shador get out there and get some of that bread, man. I had mixed feelings and, about and and put a and and play the game and play the game the right way. Yeah, well, they're always going to say it's the wrong way because he's like Dion's son, you know. So I had an issue with I had an issue with the Giant game last night because it went down exactly how, in my worst case scenario, it could possibly go down. And you know, a lot of Giants fans like had a lot of disparaging things to say about Saquon Barkley this year when he was trying to get a raise. And like honestly, if if he had to run the ball up there, luckily they didn't give him any hand ups, handoffs up the middle because it was a jailbreak. It was a jailbreak. Yeah. But they don't want to pay that guy. They don't want to pay these guys for getting hit when they're not full teams and everything. Football is a savage sport. It's a savage sport. And they've they've it's even more Dion. savage. 
on the on the business side than it is on the field. Yeah, and they're feeling right. Dion. The next question is going to be if I'm recruiting against Dion, I'm just gonna say one simple thing. He left Jackson Jackson State, but he came to Colorado. He's going to the pros. He's not gonna be your coach in two years. Don't go to Colorado. He's already shown you that yeah, he was gonna I, I leave. I don't think Dion wants to go to the pros, though. No. I think he enjoys instilling what he has into these youngins. Into these you know young I mean? men. I think that's yeah. part of the, the, the joy for yeah, him. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of these young men. Mm-hmm. Just listening. So, I mean, Dion is, Dion is, Coach Prime is so interesting that, you know, his press conferences are even being watched. You see what I'm saying? It's no, I, I don't even understand how you can't like this guy. They're waiting you know the I mean? like I, it's, it's hard for me to understand. They're waiting right. the Kyrie. That's all. Every but week they're trying to the Kyrie. Him. You think so? Well, listen, they're yeah, going to say what they're. This is what. This is something that, like, see, one of the reasons why we need to, as a group of melanated people or black people living in the United States, we don't have to be like this. We don't have to be lockstep. <laughs> We don't have to all unite under one party of political party or anything of that nature. But we need to understand the basic foundations of what it means to be black in America. And Deion Sanders is an example that we can all watch of what it's like to be black in America. It doesn't matter if he were descended from Nigerians or if he was Jamaican or, you know, what he actually is. He's just a black man. And we know that they're going to try to Kyrie him first chance they get. Anything he says that's controversial, everything that he says is going to be out there. It's going to be out there. He's going to have to defend positions that aren't his. He is going to have to continue to, like, you know, fight with these guys. And all it takes is the what reporting is on that level is, and I think, Rob, you can probably agree with this analogy, it's a slow drip of water on a rock. They ask you the same question over and over and over and over in hopes of getting a different answer. Mm-hmm. You can have five different mm-hmm. reporters going there with the strategy. Okay, I'm going to ask them this way. You ask them that way. You ask them that way. But it's essentially the same question. So they're going to try to wear this guy down because he's scary. He's scary. He's empowering these people with NIL deals and now Coach Prime. You know, what's next? Who's next? He's tearing down the, the found. He's eating away at the foundation of what. Uh, what they have built on the backs of these athletes. He's coming in with a purpose. These boys are getting uh, a real education on how to play the game. Um, and, and he said he, I, he wants smart, tough. I can't remember. The, he, he used four adjectives to, to describe his, his players that he wants. And he said, if I get those guys, I'm going to win. I mean, he said he said he's going to win anyway because he's prime and he's a winner. Yeah, don't and 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 don't and don't let my confidence scare you. Well, he obviously so, knows what he's doing. He obviously knows what he's doing. Clearly. So, big shout oh, out yeah. to Dion for shutting down Nebraska yeah. this weekend. That coach had a lot of bad things to say no. with him, but luckily in Nebraska, oh, yeah. there's a whole bunch of crows. So. He can be eat. He can eat all week. Eat. Yeah, I'm sure Matt Rule is, you know, not exactly happy with himself at this moment, but he's yeah. still, you know, he's still getting down from his fall from grace. So, right. Well, listen, we all need to learn mm-hmm. how to. We all need to learn how to shut up sometimes. Honestly speaking, like we can have these shows all day long, and we can espouse over a million different things. But what we say isn't what makes us, like, determines who we are. It's what we don't say and when we don't say it. Yeah. And some people just don't know yeah. when to shut up. Right. And especially today, there's, like, yeah. no consequences. Like, like Mel Tucker. Yeah. Like Mel Tucker. Don't know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who's Mel Tucker, by the way? You have to, you have to explain this to me. Mitch. <laughs> Michigan State's uh oh, Michigan oh, State's coach. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Caught out there. Yeah, that Why? was a 
That's a quality one. Why, dude? <laughs> That's a quality Why? one. Why? I mean, it, it it makes no sense. You you talking to a rape activist who survived the gang rape? What you doing, son? Why why are you beating off on the phone with her? And how, how here's my question though: How do the signals in the conversation get so crossed that he thinks it's an opportunity for him to beat off? <laughs> you, you see, what I'm saying, like how how are the signals that fucking crossed, bro? <laughs> just saying, <laughs> just saying. What are you? What are you? What is she yeah, talking what did, about? What What does she think that makes you think like? Hey, you know, maybe this is a moment here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm feeling good kind of way right now. Like, she's talking to me now. Right. Like, like if her words yeah. were, and it was one of the most horrible experiences of my life, and, and, and it, but at the same time, right. it, 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 you know, from the ashes rose this really strong and creative. And it's just like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. I'll say it again, baby. <laughs> say it again, baby. I can't. Like I mean, and it's it's not funny, man. But like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> that she, what is what is what is she saying? Like, what was she saying to get you there, my man? Some of the stuff, some of the stuff yeah. that some yeah. of the stuff you see these people doing today is like it's absolutely ludicrous. And you you get on social media, and you'll have a whole bunch of people that say. uh, yeah, it's because he's a black coach. Nah, he's just a horny dude that's got a sexual problem. Yeah, they come in he's, all. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Yeah, they they come in all shapes and sizes and everything. It's like we can't. We've had the conversation before about about sexuality and how and about beating women. Like that was another thing. You know, I saw a fight online with some people. Like, yo, that is something that was so American. Slapping women. There's nothing more American than slapping women. At one yeah. point. You know, 70s, 80s, 90s. What are you going to do? Just going to slap her. And then she, like, got in line and everything. That's America. You're, no matter what generation comes up, you're going to still have these people. I mean, are we are we moving towards a kinder place where men don't hit women and everything? I mean, we have the verbiage. Is that going to stop it from happening? Does the verbiage actually stop anything from happening? Or do they just become better at hiding it? Well, I think they have to become better at hiding it. What the verbiage does is it just it creates it creates a discussion, it creates a way to talk about it and to bring more light on it, and it creates now the situation where it's even it's, the fact it's even a conversation, and it's now it's now at one point like in the fifties and sixties, guy reached out, smacked his wife, everybody at the table just keep on keep on going. Right. right, you know. Now, if that should happen, you know, everybody have to go to their neutral corners. Maybe, you know, there'd be a discussion. You know, it, it, in more places than not. But even if there are more places that it would happen, like I said, in the '50s, '60s, y'all would just kept on rolling. Yeah, it was like you know, slapping. Part of this, just part of the night's entertainment. Yeah, slapping was American as pro kids. You know, right. It's like you know, slapping it, slapping. Yeah, I mean, it was in the movies. It was everywhere in the movies on TV. It was just, it was just a thing. Well, I don't know about on TV. There were cultures today it was, that it was just a thing. There were cultures today that still like practice that, that still practice that ideology. You know, one of the things, oh, yeah. one of the things well, about a lot of foreign people coming in into the country and everything, they have an understanding that their women, a lot of times, their women ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Dad smacks the hell yeah. out of you. You just got smacked. If your there, boyfriend smacks a, the hell out of you. There's a lot of places in the world. Yeah. There's a lot of places in the world that women are that women are, are second class citizens. Yeah. So to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. so Dearborn Dearborn, Michigan has one of the higher highest concentrations of Middle Eastern people outside of the Middle East. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you see a if you see a family in a in a in a just out somewhere, a son, a son knows that he can run the shit out of his mama, and his mama better not say shit. Mm. It's true. 
Really? I mean, and, and, yeah, and you, and you talk, you're talking about it. You're talking about an eight, ten, twelve year old just running his mama because he's the male child. It's a cultural thing, you know. Yeah, I, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. I think that people, I think we judge each other. We're we're so caught up in trying to judge each other's cultures. And that's not what we used to do. It used to be like America is a great big melting pot and all these cultures coming together. But now we have these cultures coming together and they live next to you. And they're like, you know, we're going and looking in their windows and judging what they're doing in their homes. And I don't see how that's going to work out for it's us. It's funny because like, you know, you, 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 well, it wasn't working out for us. Like that great big melting pot came and tried as hard as it could to still keep us in our own piece, one side of the pot. Like it wasn't working out for us. That's see, that's the, yeah. But like he, that. he, he, here's the difference for us, though, as as foundational blacks of of America, we didn't come here. We we didn't come here expressing our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you Asian, if you know from from Ireland or from whatever wherever you might be from, Scotland, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you that and you come to America, you can still be that, right? On, on mm-hmm. some level, I mean, they're, 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 and and over time, I'm sure it gets watered down with Americanism, and blah blah blah. But you can still be that, right? We don't have a that to be. You see, what I'm saying we mm-hmm. that like any African practices that you did in slavery times could result in death. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you had to adopt what the masters wanted you to do, which is the essence of the difference between us and every other, every other brown skinned person in the world. Because you know we tell, I mean? we, we don't tell have, them fuck it. Oh, right. Sorry. We don't. We because we don't have. We don't have. They like they can re, like you can relate to if you Jamaican, you have some Jamaican shit. Right. If you Nigerian, you got some Nigerian shit. As an American African, we don't have shit but America. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can, we can go to some books and learn some shit and, and try to adopt it, you know, like Kwanzaa and or whatever. You know what I mean? Try to do our own thing, kind of with an African spin on but, it. You but even really that, do that it ain't it ain't it ain't like once again. You said we had to create because we right. we were severed from all that all that was real. We were separate from all that was real, so all we can do is create. It's we, there's right. nothing behind it, though. Well, I, you know, watching that video that we were that we had on um, that I had shared with you guys last week with that guy who was talking about how the West views itself as far as that, as far as like as being we're better than everyone else, morally better than everyone else, and mm-hmm. then he goes on and he flips it and he just spits all the different things that we've actually done that have been bad things as a Western civilization. And he asks, mm-hmm. why don't we claim those things as well? We're only claiming the good things. But one thing that I found interesting is that he gave an example of things that were created, you know, by white people, the cotton gin, light bulbs. And he said one other thing. But generally, it's like that just gave me another insight as to how intelligent he was because those things were all essentially claimed by white men but were actually created by a black man. You know, anyone who thinks that mm-hmm. Eli Eli um, Whitney did the, Whitney. yeah, made the, uh, the uh, cotton, whatever he did, the cotton, cotton, the cotton gin. gin. Right. The, yeah, the cotton gin. To make slaves' jobs better, he spent a lot of time to make slave jobs better. How'd he do that? Did he get out there in the fields and he said, oh, this is how the seeds actually work and this would actually be better for it? Nah. There was probably some industrious black slave that was like tired of picking the stuff and was like, man, a boss. I can come up with. And that's the history of inventions in the United States. There are many states in the United States where a black man could not obtain a patent for his own designs. So they were forced to actually sell them to other people or basically they had their ideas stolen by other people. This is the history, but this guy actually mentioned these things as if to say, and even the things that you actually claim that you did, you've actually claimed from other people 
from your sleeves. And that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. But this is like what our this is what our history is. Even to this day, we're great inventors. What was that guy who created that that machine, that mechanism that during the droughts that actually pulls air out of the water? You know, incredible. Oh, pulls water. Yeah, pulls water from the air. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible, ingenious. Use that to actually give water to families in Flint. Clean, provide clean water for families in Flint. There are so many things that we have created and that we've taken. And going back to the beginning of the show, when you weren't here, Rob, you know, nobody loves America more than black people. That's the reality of it. Nobody loves America more than black people. And nobody's been kicked in the ass by America more than black people. And it's kind of a strange right. dichotomy that we have. The native, the native, and the Native Americans might have something to say. About they, that. they might have something to say, and they would have a general. They would have a, you know, but a lot of. <laughs> listen, right there, yeah, like, y'all. At least y'all, y'all out there in the society, they got us quarantined in these reservations. <laughs> right, right. And if we want to see y'all, we got to set up the a happiest land that, that, that America had. If we got, if we want to see y'all's money, we got to set up a dice game or a casino. You know, this is what this is what you get. So, all right, enough with the black stuff. We're going to talk about, well, actually, not enough with the black stuff. We're, not, we're going to talk about another member of the diaspora, an Afro-Cuban gentleman by the name of Enrico Torino. Is that it, what his name is? Enrico Torino. Enrique Tario, yeah, I believe so. Tario, is it Tario? Former, well, he's he might he might still be the he might still be the leader of the Proud Boys, but he's going to be doing it for yeah. 20, was it 23, 23 years. years he got. He's got the most. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't leave from can he leave from jail? He got the most, yeah. Well, yeah, listen, I guess he could leave from jail. Listen, he said that you know, once some of the mafia dons did it. Yeah. Once again, yeah. the the precedent remains true. It's like this is this is one thing. It's like the. It, it remained true that the one with the Afro-Cuban heritage got the highest sentence. So we all know the ju- that the courts work the way that they actually are supposed to in this case. Um, it's, hard to t- it's hard to tell whether that one was, you know, the thumb on the scale or, like, based on his role and his title, he was, he was out front to get the most time. He didn't even make it. He didn't even make it into the white. He didn't even make it into the Capitol building. He didn't even make it into the Capitol building. They pulled him the night before, and got him on a judge a gun charge, and yet now he's the one that got the greatest sentence. Not saying he should be free, but simple fact of the matter: he loved America more than anybody else, and he's going to pay for it more than anybody else. Unless, you know, the, my mm-hmm. other theory is actually true, which is that he's the actual tether and he's going to walk in one side of the jail and he's going to walk out of the other and they're going to send them to the same place where they're holding um, Epstein right now, where Epstein's allowed to hang out. Because <laughs> yeah. Epstein ain't dead. He's not dead. Really? And, you know, I just wonder when he walks out, if he goes Epstein through the jail... Dead. Is he going to stop at my favorite shop inside a prison and get him a pair of shaman ass chaps to walk out of the other side of the jail so they can kiss his black ass on the way out? Dude's a tether. To me, he works for the FBI. I can't. I, these are my conspiracy theories of the night. Epstein is hanging yeah. out someplace playing with bikinis he's still he they're even in, they're even importing underage girls for him because he's Epstein and that's what he is and Torino's had to hang out exactly in the same place where he's hanging out where all the ops go Ops Island he's going to Ops Island you know believe it Rob you think he's going to jail or do you think he's going free I think the guy's FBI honestly I read the reports. I think he's FBI. I think that these, I think that the other guys were just too stupid and they couldn't see it. And he kind of drew a line. He drew a line for all of them. And I think he's FBI, honestly. Where else can a black man gain power Hmm. without the government helping him out? He's FBI. (laughs) 
See now with that. All that, right. That one, that one thing right there gives it credence. The rest of it, you know, <laughs> shaky. But you know, how does an Afro-Cuban get to lead? Uh, you know, essentially uh, a right. white power organization. Right. right. Because because yeah. that's yeah, what it a is. Real, a real Clayton Bigsby. Yeah, he's a real life Clayton Bigsby, and you know, I think it was to set up these other guys. I think they wanted to take as many. Excuse me, it's my birthday. I can yawn, but um, I think they wanted to take <laughs> as many pieces off the board as possible, and Torino basically helped to line up those pieces to take them off the board. Now they're going to be in jail. By the time they get out, Joe Biden will be sucking his dinner through a straw, but still president of the United States, probably. And it's going to be mm-hmm. around. No way. You don't think Biden's going to win again? I, I believe he's going to run again. You know, I don't, good Lord willing, the time he's going to run again. I mean, you don't think he's going to run again? I don't. Well, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think he's going to withdraw. You're going to do it. Do you think he's see? Yeah, but uh, one, his ego is such that he's one of the, he's one of those. Well, you know, he just, just want to die in office, my man. Yeah, he don't. He he'd rather. I mean, years he's been trying to get in that office. <laughs> you know the perks yeah, of that office you, are lovely, man. Yeah, now you've had it. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he going to stay I mean, in it every, every day that he can. Look, you 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 brought her to the, you brought her to the. You brought her to the party. You danced with her all you could dance with her. Now it's time to pass her on to the next person. He is not going to be in that rascal every day he can. Or somebody's going to get in his ear and say, look, we got to, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to reshuffle the deck, get Pelosi out of the, uh, the speakership and then put install in that person. The person will then become the next president. Well, Hakeem is actually in charge. Then He'll have to step back. Hakeem is actually in charge. He's the House majority. Yeah, he actually has her job. That's right, Hakeem. Yeah, Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you remember Hakeem? Hakeem. And you know, we never did a follow up to the to the test question about Hakeem. You know, but are they going to Hakeem's house and break in and start attacking people at Hakeem's house in Brooklyn? When we all know that they got bamboo sticks up in there, and obviously the bamboo (laughs) warning was enough. The bamboo was enough. Listen, but that's a di- that's a diaspora joke. Am I allowed to tell that joke? Am I allowed to tell that joke? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm part of the diaspora. Yeah. I don't want to upset anybody. You know, I don't. I don't. I got cut off of the wisdom app today because I was having. A, I was ranting. I wasn't ranting. I was just going on, and I mentioned I had actually played that tape, and on that tape. Uh, Guy was talking about, he said, Americans, he's no surprise that Americans identify as a man or a woman, self-identify as a, y'all have been doing that for years. You self-identify as good or moral, whatever. And I actually got caught up because of that, which to me is absolutely ridiculous because I am, I am a black man. How many fucking insults have I taken in my, we take them on a daily basis, you know, it doesn't, it's not a, it's a bad thing, but this is the world in which we live. So we can't even have a conversation about LGBTQ and how these people identify. But me as a black man, I'm fair game. Just like the record company execs told me it was, it actually was. I'm catching it. Is that fair? Is it fair, especially on my birthday? Hmm. Hmm. Look, use it using. You got another hour and twenty three minutes to use. You can say whatever you want to say. Do what you want to do. It's it's that family. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. Live how they want to live. Play how they want to play. Yeah, we actually kind of baby boy. We actually kind of do though. You know what I'm saying? We are pretty much, especially my family, we're a family of desperados led by the deceased John and everything who was once a hard drinker, ended his life as a Bible thumper, but um, came even, took us as far away from the rest of the the next. 
one extreme to the next, right? Took us as far away from the others, the country Exums, and settled us in the farthest. We were the farthest north from our particular branch in Long Island. So we did what we wanted to do. We really did. We cut our own swath. You ask Eric, the former Marine, he definitely did what he wanted to do and everything. Not always in a good way, but he did what he wanted to do. And I'm I'm not ashamed of that. We're we all make mistakes, man. I don't understand why why is everybody so busy trying to be perfect, B. Y'all ain't perfect. You're gonna try your whole life and you're still gonna be fucking imperfect. Being imperfect is okay. Absolutely. Rob, you have that look on your face. (laughs) Rob. I'm just wondering where this rant is coming from. You're wondering where the rant is coming from? You're getting a little philosophical. You're getting a little philosophical on your birthday. What's what's inspiring this? Listen, I've been been feeling this way for I've been feeling this way for the last couple of weeks. I'm just like, you know, we we talk a lot and we, we complain about a lot of different things on the show and we get into a lot of different conversations about stuff, but it's not because I just want to complain about things. It's because I want things to be better. I'm trying to wake some of you motherfuckers up. We don't have to fight with one another. We're we're cousins, B. Ain't no need there's nothing to be gained in that argument other than wasting time. There's nothing to be gained in that argument. Like, I look at this world, and I look at what's going on. I was mentioning, and I don't want to piss off Saudi Arabia, but because, like, honestly, listen, if I had all that money in oil, I'd be fucking with other countries, too, okay? I'd be doing shit like messing with the oil production to, like, tie it down and make Americans suffer a little bit more to bend them to my will a little bit more. They have so much money, they can do whatever the hell they want to do. They're always going to have enough money to do whatever the hell. But that doesn't mean that we as people don't have a choice to recognize that we actually give that oil value when we choose not to use alternative sources of energy. When we decide absolutely, we could we could collapse. We could collapse their market tomorrow. We could. But there's no profit in it. And since there's no well, there is profit in it. But it's just that it would have to be done. If you if you if you shut that. There's just no way to scale up to it that quickly right there's probably scaling up is the problem yeah Yeah. you'd have you'd have you'd have some you'd have some hard changes Mm -hmm. like i mean and some immediate changes Mm -hmm. and america ain't built for that america definitely america is built for it's built for convenience but you know like rob said earlier in the show it's like when we were discussing how things were falling maybe it should fall you know, maybe some, maybe some of these things should change in order for them to happen. This is a this has been a philosophical question because that's the actual philosophical question in my mind is that are we better off the way that we are or would we be better off with the change and all of the pain that goes along with it? Because obviously people are just not getting it. They're not getting the message based upon what's right in front of your face. You know, we're too busy, like this other gentleman said, we're too busy trying to identify as moral, good, better, faster, quicker, stronger, nicer, and at the same time, and more eloquent, more, more intelligent than everyone else. We're everything better than everyone else, except for when we're not. And where does the rubber meet the road? You you ask if it needs to fall, it's going to fall at some point every great civilization is built on another great civilization that fell. That's just, it's just the ebb and flow, you know, America had, or not just America, you know what I mean? Like we all have our, we all have our time. I think my question that's been bothering me is that we all know it's a big circle and we also know the truth of the matters are he who does not learn history is doomed to repeat it. That's one thing. And we're just speeding towards a repeat of another failed civilization because this is what we do best in the United States of America. We fail. And we take no blame for failing. Well, like, you know, 
we keep pushing in this one direction. We've sort of we've, we've settled on the system. We've decided we're just going to keep pushing into the system, and the system, this you know, capitalism, is eventually it swallows itself up. You know, the thing just consumes itself, and we're just headed in that direction. But like, even in the moments when I sit and quiet and think, okay, well, what would it look like if you to how would you replace this? What could you do um, to get everybody off of the off the hamster wheel? But I can't imagine what is what is how that works. How does that, you know, the possible solution is an impossible solution. How, how does, and the possible know, how, does, how do you get everybody everybody working? How do you get a hundred percent employment? How do you get a hundred uh, education for everyone? How do you get health care for everyone? You know, yeah, and how do you do that? You know, housing for everyone. Right, but the, I think in a reset. Those things are not going to look. We think of those things in in a certain way because of how they look right now. But in a reset, what is education? You know what I mean? At one time, yeah. education education was not what it is now. Education used to be going out on on the farm, doing what you got to do there, or going to your daddy's hotel or whatever, mm-hmm. learning how to you learn how to read how to do math by doing by learning how to do his books. You know what I'm saying? You learn how to read and write just around the house by, by doing whatever work you had to do. But you, yeah, you might go to you might go to a school once or twice a week or whatever, but school wasn't every day. You know what I mean? At, at one point in this country, school wasn't every day. I mean, and it was kind of optional. You know, if nigga, if you got if you got to get out there and milk the cows, you know what I'm saying? But see, but you're also talking about a world there where there were a few other things to do. Right. Like now you have all these ridiculous jobs like Grant, you have an actual job, like no matter what happens on the planet, as long as there are people in their residences, there will be combustion. Right. Your job will be around. There will people be there will be people filling your role. Right. You know, unless they find a way to get, you know, robots to be able to carry water, you know, fly water to places and whatever. But like they need firefighters. I'm a broadcasting manager. Like that is not an essential job. Like when this thing resets, they may not need a broadcasting manager. They may not. They may need a thousand. They may not need one. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, from when there was a time when we lived simply, and we, you know, as but this, that was before all there was this other stuff. You know, are we going to still use cars when this thing resets? Right. Are we going to still use cars? Are we going to live in areas where? Look, you're not going to go beyond. You're not really going to go beyond the five square miles, the six square miles where you mm-hmm. you wound up, right? You know? Right. But if you are, then what's the money? And how do you? How does one buy an airline ticket? Does everybody just get five flights a year? Or well, you don't you have know, to like, because yeah. you but, can go anywhere. You can go anywhere on the internet. You can go on Instagram and you can follow people from Thailand. And see what it's like, and have that tie. That tie. No, actually, put your feet on the grass. Put your feet on the grass in Thailand. I I just I have my own theories about what's going to happen to society in twenty or thirty years, and either we're going to have a whole bunch of grown people dependent upon the government, or um, the flip side of and we that, already do have that. We do already have that. It's the same thing. So mm-hmm. you're going to have all these people that are either um, trying to deal with the government on that level, or we're going to have a whole bunch of people that are just lost. And well, that's, that's also yeah. today. So it's also current day. There's a, there's a shit ton of people who are lost right now. So, right. And, and not only are they lost, but they ain't nobody looking for them. So if I can like flex it and flex and wind the whole thing up, you know, as far as this topic of conversation is concerned, yeah, you're right. And um, I lost my train of thought. My apologies. I'm actually, I actually got really tired in like, you it's know, the last three seconds. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. I'm worn out. It's my birthday. I was born in trouble. You know, I've always had a theory Go Johnny. that I was your birthday. <laughs> I've always had a theory that Rob is the one who actually collaborated with the Saudis because he knew it was my birthday and he just didn't want me having any more fun. And he decided that 9-11 was going to be the day. 
That was it. I was the first one to tell you that you had to go out on your birthday and score, knock one out of the park, because otherwise that means the terrorists won. I always encourage you to go out on your birthday and score one. (laughs) I appreciate you, brother. And I did, Rob. And I did, in the spirit of America. The most patriotic thing you've done in your whole life. Hey, listen. Take one for the team, baby. Full flag. Full flag, baby. Hey, anytime you go to, anytime you go to the, well, I'm going to leave that one alone. That's why I know I'm getting tired. I'm at least going to end this conversation right now. (laughs) I was about to say something really, really off the, off the uh, hook, but I'm going to end at least the recording part of the conversation. We keep going and streaming a couple of minutes and then we're going to go. But um, from parts unknown, I'm going to say you first, Rob, Mr. Robert Brooks. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What's going on? Welcome, Aloha. The city's oh, finest. Sorry, way out. And of course, the city where in Kang, home of Mormon girls. I mean, Mormon wings, or no, not Mormon. Amish. The, the Amish. Amish wings. <laughs> Amish. Mormons, Mormons Amish. West, Amish Eve. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I mix my inbreds. Um, Mr. City Wing King. Oh, wow. Grand Lancaster. Oh, wow. There's fire in the hole. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We right here, right now. Listen, B, if you're Amish and you live in that community and your forehead's a little bit high, ask your cousin, brother, sister. <laughs> <laughs> They don't actually use those pronouns like that. <laughs> Born in <laughs> trouble. I'm going to see you can meet some of them. Listen. You know, I, you'll transact a little business with them. They're very lovely people. My brother, I have, we, the Mormons, I've already transacted with a Mormon in my life. Now, the, she the was Mormons, very happy. I think she the got side. the better end of that deal. She really did. But that's another conversation. <laughs> really? Another conversation. See, I'd have thought that she got the shaft, but clearly I didn't understand what kind of interaction you guys had. Well, yeah. Well, it was actually the first Puerto Rican Mormon I ever met, met in my life, so. Sinclair. Who just also happened to be the first Mormon you'd met in your life, right? Well, in a way. Boy, the trouble peace. <laughs>